I'm so glad that you're here for episode 70 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. I am your host, Rose Griffin, and we had a great conversation today with Marie Maratella. Today, we are diving in deep and we are talking about gratitude and mindset. And I don't know about you, but this time of year, these are amazing things to discuss because let me tell you, I'm stressed. I'm stressed out. So if you haven't met Marie, she is a speech language pathologist. She is a podcaster and the founder of the Say Thanks More community. She is a creator of the Thanks More gratitude journal. Such an important thing for us to think about always and something that we can do each day to find our happiness and joy. She helps um, with social media. She shares really amazing tips and strategies on Instagram and on TikTok about gratitude and mindful habits. And she's a mindset coach. And I love that. And so today we really talk about setting boundaries Um, And she has great ideas, just little things that we can do throughout the day to kind of have this happiness, this joy, to love what we're doing, working with our clients, but to leave that at work and to set boundaries. I love that because I think that's something maybe I need to work on. So buckle up. You're in for a treat. This is a great one. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 70 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. And we have a great show today. I'm super excited about this show. I've been looking forward to it. And we have with us Marie Muratala. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to have you on. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And it's so funny because I think of you of your Instagram handle, like thanks Morris. Is that is that what your Instagram handle is? That is it. Yes. Okay. okay. And in TikTok, you're my TikTok friend for sure. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot of us over there. So I I appreciate the early adopters. I had Lindsay Nataki on last year. So it it was fun. It's like a it's like a thing over there. I talk about social media quite a bit on the show because I feel like it's just a big part of my life. But yeah, I, you know, I've always your content's always resonated with me, I think, because it's just um number one, so positive. And you know, my experiences on social media are often uh, not always warm and fuzzy. So So I always love all the great content you share. And this episode, we're taping it ahead, but it is going to episode air in May because I feel like that's just such a stressful time for me as a parent. And a lot of parents listen and speech therapists and special education professionals. So excited to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here and share some share some of my perspective going into kind of a crazy month for a lot of us. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you and so tell us a little bit about you and your journey into being a speech therapist, kind of where you're practicing and how long you've been in the field. Sure. I am currently a preschool speech therapist in a public school district. I am in my fifth year. 
So, and I've been doing preschool for four years. I went to the University of Redlands and graduated five years ago. And then my clinical fellowship, I was in the district I'm in now, but I started out um, as an elementary school speech therapist, splitting a couple sites and, and kind of bebopping around the district. Yeah. And that was, it was a good challenge. It was lots of good learning that happened that year. But when an opportunity to transfer to a preschool position opened up. I really, I I didn't have any intention of being a preschool speech therapist, I should say. When I went in, when I graduated from grad school, I knew school age was where I wanted to be. I had a huge interest in working within, you know, with the the, um, autism population. And because of what I experienced in grad school, I was, I worked with an autistic client in grad school during my autism clinic that really, I don't know, there was just something about the connection we had that really resonated with me as a young clinician. And so my goal was to work in the schools with that same age. Cause you know, that's all I knew it was comfortable. (laughs) And he, you know, he was um, seven years old. So I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Well then, you know, in your, when you're in the schools, you just, you get what you get essentially. Yeah. Because I was new and I was splitting sites, the SLPs that were already at those sites were like, we want you to take all the young kids because they didn't want like the TK and kinder kids. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, great. And I loved working with like the four and a half, five-year-olds. And so when that preschool position opened up, one, it was with that age group, which I figured out I really liked. And two, knowing that it was really hard for me to be traveling around the district. Yeah. You know, and and really when I think back, I was really, I'm really proud of myself for not, not at the time. Well, at the time I didn't realize I was doing, I was putting myself first. Um, I was being very mindful about where I was and I knew I wanted one place. Yeah. I wanted one home um, because it was hard to stay organized. So I took that position and didn't realize what I was really doing because we have a very amazing full inclusion preschool program, which I learned what that really meant when I started in the preschool program. Yeah. So that's where I've been in that program. And then, you know, obviously we all know two years ago, we all had to readjust the way we did our jobs. Right. Yeah. That was wild. I remember Very being, wild. I remember being on a podcast. Uh, no, not a podcast. It was a webinar. And I don't know. It was it was Jenny Bjorn from Speech Sound Cues. Yes. She did. See, she did. I don't know if it was SLP Toolkit. We're going way back here, but they did yeah. a webinar and there were... 7,000 people on. And it was, yes, about- it, it was, I was on that. Oh, you were. Okay. Oh, yeah. When Jenny was talking about taping with the blue yes. tape and all that. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. all about teletherapy. And it was like, we had, she had a captive audience because I felt the same way too. I mean, it was just in my district's been amazing. And we really were after that first couple months, we were right back in, you know, and I've been doing in person for a long time, but I actually really like teletherapy now. So I'm actually licensed in Washington state now. And I actually see wow. clients and and yeah, it's really fun for me, but it really was just like, oh my goodness, you know? So then when did you, oh my gosh, five years, you're like a baby. I'm like a grandma here. Okay. I'm trying to see if you need some mentorship, just, you know, let me know after the podcast, <laughs> but no, I've been doing this 20 years, but you've definitely been in my orbit because you have the online business. So when did you start your online business then? Well, that was 2020 because oh. what happened was our, so for my district, when we went you know, into in March, 2020, we all went to the lockdown and shut everything down. And what my district did was say, okay, well, we don't know what to do, which granted I get that. Yeah. So we're not going to do any services. We're we're only going to try and hold meetings. And, and if parents want to consult with you, they can, but you cannot be like 
a service provider. And I just felt oh, like wow. on one hand, I was like, oh my gosh, you're stripping me of what I do. And, and I, right. and I had, it's funny. I kind of reached a point, um, after the first month of that, where I hit like emotional burnout in a sense, because I was so con- like, we were all confused. It was just a, you know, a crazy time, um, you know, socially and everything like that. And then I, didn't realize it until after I essentially burnt out. I had so much of my identity wrapped up in what I did as a speech pathologist. (laughs) And I loved, you know, and I still do love my students, but like I had to come to terms with this whole, I'm not going to see them. Like these kids that are going to kindergarten, I may not see them and, you know, for years. Um, And that was hard. And, you know, are, and also like, are they okay? Like, do they need anything? You know, all those little things that, you know, we did every single day, all the consistency and everything. And, and, um, I realized, you know, I'm not, I'm not well, I don't, you know, this is not healthy. I mean, I love my job. Yes, but I've, I wrapped myself up into it so much. And, um, I realized I need to like, I need to, shift my mindset. I need, I need to put my mental health first and the summer. So the summer of 2019, I had actually, that's when I really started growing my Instagram and I was growing it around what, what I figured out just based on posting was that people really liked it when I posted once a week, what I was grateful for. I I had started doing that because that was something that, um, since I was in grads, well, really since I was like 19 or 18, my mom had given me a gratitude journal at 18 and I loved it. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I was young and then you're in your (laughs) twenties and you're like, yeah, every once in a while I'll be mindful or whatever. But when I was in graduate school, I did have a professor that um, is actually my autism clinic professor that instead of our soap notes, I mean, we did our soap notes after every session, but one of them always had to be more of like a reflective journal entry to, oh. to really be paying attention to ourselves, not just our clients, which was fantastic. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. And so after that semester, I just kept doing that and journaling and getting back into, you know, the gratitude thing and and starting to listen to more podcasts and talk to more people about, you know, all this stuff and kind of attract those kind of those minds or those conversations, I should say. And it was, it was really cool. So then on it, when I started my Instagram, I, you know, that's where the thanks comes from because I knew at some, in some way, shape or form, I wanted to include that just that abundance mindset and that grateful living, you know, and as I did that and people really took to the, the gratitude, like I would have people start to be like, I want to do it. And like, they would create a gratitude list. And I realized, oh, this is work. Like, this is taking off. Like people really right. like this. I think so it's then- just, I think it's your overall positivity because I feel <laughs> like, especially as speech therapists, I mean, you're five years in, but you know, it's like we go to school for, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we do have, I'm a BCBA, right? So we have a lot of BCBAs that listen. So, you know, we go to school as speech therapists, you know, you get your undergrad for four years and it's extremely competitive to get into graduate school. Then you get into graduate school and then you're studying so hard because it's so much new information that it's just extremely, extremely stressful. So I think the fact that you had that professor that did that, wow, that's really amazing. Have you talked to that professor? Does, do they know that you have an online business? I need to reach out. (laughs) I need to reach out. Actually, somebody recently told me like, you should contact that, that professor. I always give (laughs) my mom, my mom and my boyfriend, a lot of credit as well, because they've been, you know, so both of them have influenced me in such a positive way with that and really supported, you know, supported that, but they've all taught me things too. Yeah. But yeah, that, 
once like the, once I started building like a community, I guess, on Instagram with right. it all, I started designing a journal. Cause I thought, well, how cool, but like, I want right. people to like feel the way I feel when I journal kind of a yeah. thing. Like I want, right. so I started researching like, well, what's, what are the benefits of journaling? What are the benefits of gratitude? Like really yeah. where's the science at? Cause there, there are scientific components, you know? Right. So I had started designing it. Then the school year started. <laughs> yeah. Didn't think about it. So in 2020, when I realized like, maybe I need another, I need an outlet. I need a healthy outlet mm-hmm. going back and creating that and then opening up, you know, my online shop and, and really sharing that with everybody, um, was a great way, not only for me to kind of get my mindset right in uh-huh. a sense, you know, through that creative process, because creating something like that is such a positive process. Right. But it's also been a way, you know, there are a lot of people that I wasn't, I wasn't the only one that felt that way. There were a lot of us that kind of were at that point, whether it was because we felt so wrapped up in our jobs or just because everything was so stressful. And there was just that that kind of quick onset of burnout, you know, that might've <laughs> yes. happened. Right. And the unknown, I think that's what it was yes. too, is like kind of like the unknown. And then every district is dealing with it differently. And it was, for mm-hmm. me, it was crazy because I worked three days a week in a public school. So, you know, they were dealing with it a certain way, but then my company was doing a contract for a local district. So they were doing it a different way. Oh, so one was Zoom, one was Google Meet. It was like one, the parents are super involved. One, the parents are working. They can't be on the computer. So it was, it couldn't be more different. And then my poor husband, I have three kids. So he was here hanging out with them and it was just trying to do school. I mean, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. So if people are feeling kind of stressed, I mean, I love that kind of background on how you got into this. It's really fascinating. And and you have to contact that professor because she would be be very proud of you. I'm just telling you. (laughs) But can you share with us some daily mindful habits that might be helpful for professionals or parents that are listening to kind of start to incorporate Yeah. And I think that's one of them, just having a daily gratitude practice, whether you do it morning or night or middle of the day or morning and night or whatever, it's something that, you know, it seems so simple, you know, just, oh, think of three things you're grateful for. But when you really do sit in that gratitude for whatever it is, no gratitude is too small and you express it. That's why I highly recommend the gratitude journal process, whether it's, you know, journaling in a journal, whether it's in your phone, in the notes section, whether you bust out, you know, your memos and you take a voice recording and you just say, I am grateful for this, this, and this right now, because what it does is it really brings you to the present moment. So especially when, you know, there are bigger little changes. I mean, that's huge, but it also helps you appreciate, you know, if, if you're a parent and you're doing the same, you know, you're on the same schedule with your kids every day, keeping them in a routine, it really helps bring that presence into those routines and find the little moments that are new or fun or, you know, or just bring you an immense amount of joy. So that is definitely something I even have like a little, um, post-it wall in my office at work and I'll just put post-its of what I'm grateful for on there. And other people that walk in can totally do that too, but yeah. That's kind of my way of bringing it to work when I need a moment to shift my mindset. So that's, that would be my, my first one for sure. Recently, something that's been really good for me, especially in this busy IEP season I'm having is making sure I fit in at least three minutes a day of morning meditation Mm, and three minutes doesn't sound like a lot, but it's just, it, it, it's consistent. It works for me and my morning routine. And it's something that, you know, just when I'm, I'm just focusing on my breath, I don't hold many expectations, but it is something where I give myself time and, and a space to just feel, to just be in touch with myself, Mm -hmm. whatever, 
whatever it is I need. So that is something I always like to recommend. I like that because people usually just right from the second when they get up are just racing, you know, whether you have kids and you're getting them ready or whether, yeah. you know, you don't have kids, you're just, you know, like one thing I've tried to do, it's not meditating, but I've put myself on a social media behavior oh, plan. Yeah. So yeah. So what <laughs> I've done is I've muted certain people that when I look at their content, it, it, it irritates me. And that's been super helpful. And the other thing that I've done is I don't check anything social until I get to like my work desk, whatever that means. So oh, if it's like, like an that. ABA speech day, or if it's like a school-based day, and that has really been good. I feel like our phones are, you know, talking about your job being part of your personality. I feel like we're so tied into social media that it's like, this is not real, real life. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I just feel like it can be so such a negative place or it can be a place where you're looking at stuff thinking like, oh, well, why didn't I do that? Or, you know, it, yeah. just, it can just be a hard, a hard thing. So that has been helpful for me. So I'm not meditating, but I have put myself on a bit of a behavior plan that way. But that, and that was the other thing I was going to say too, is not checking your phone. I mean, some people say like at least 15 minutes after you get up, I really try to go to go at least 30 minutes. Um, really, I don't say I try because now I've built the habit in and that's just typical for me. I keep it on airplane mode and away from my bed when I sleep. And I bought a little cheap alarm clock to really, oh, really wow. reinforce this. Yes, I like it. Yes. Um, you know, and and that's been super, super helpful for sure. You know, on weekends, definitely I try to go longer and really mm -hmm. just enjoy my morning. And then at night I do the same thing where I try not to be on, especially social apps for like an hour before I go to bed because... I, what I noticed in myself, and I've talked to um, other people, whether, you know, they're in my one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions or courses or anything like that, but I, I noticed the times that I'm tired. So right when I wake up, when I'm still acclimating to the day or when I'm getting ready for bed, those are my most emotionally vulnerable times. Those are the times I'm going to fall into comparison traps. Those are the times mm -hmm. I'm going to maybe get more irritated with things I see on social media. Mm -hmm. And those aren't necessarily ways I want to start my day or end my day. And if I do happen to fall into those, like I still give myself grace. And right. then I go maybe into that journaling practice where I maybe reflect on how I feel and then maybe think of what I'm grateful for or whatever. But I do, I do highly recommend just that. And I like that you put, you said you're putting yourself or you put yourself right. on a behavior plan. I like, did. yeah, I mean, you, you have to build the habit in somehow. And, and, um, it's definitely that, that social media, it's so easily accessible. And sometimes right. those things like we forget, like we need, we need some sort of structure with them. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I just had Teresa Richard on. I don't know if you mm -hmm. know her, but I she's, do. Okay. She's absolutely amazing, but she yeah. had a post and it was just about <laughs> some books she's read about not being on social media as much. And she took a break and just some of these ideas. But I, I just think when you're really out there all the time, you know, I mean, I think if you're a clinician, like, you know, back in the day, Instagram could be like these amazing pictures that like, you know, there's some of my friends, but like my therapy room will never look like that. But you know, I'm not going to compare myself because I, I, that's not my downfall, you know, but I, I like that idea of like being emotionally vulnerable, like right before you go to bed or when you get up. So, you know, if you're a practicing clinician or if you're a mom, you know, like yes. I've definitely done that mom comparison where I've gotten on Facebook and somebody in my neighborhood is like, you know, cutting up green peppers for their kids lunch mm -hmm. and my kids like would never eat that. And then you're like, well, why is that? You know, why don't I, my kids want to eat a donut, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. like you get into that mindset. So I think it's good. Like these are simplistic things, but I don't think when we're in the thick of it, like working and doing life, it's hard to just think about these very small things in your day that can then have such a big carryover to like your overall mental health and just happiness. Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about this idea of work-life balance. Like what are some things that you do that help you feel like you have that? Like you said, when you first started, and I can relate to that too, especially like, you know, when you're first starting in the field, it, it, it is like your whole personality, but I think this can happen to anybody, especially if you're working full-time and it's like, well, with, I'm a school-based speech therapist, right? And then I started my own private clinic, you know, five years ago. It's like, well, now, now who? I am, am I right? You know, and now yeah. I'm a speech therapist and a BCBA. So that's really weird on top of everything. You know, sometimes when I'm around speech therapists, I'm like, oh my goodness, like they don't like because I'm a BCBA. Or sometimes when I'm around BCBAs, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a speech therapist and they don't think I'm behavioral enough. Aww. You know what I mean? Like you can have, it just consumes you really if you let yeah. it. But I've always been really fascinated with like goal setting. I read like Atomic Habits. I don't I know if you've ever book. read that. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. I talk yeah. about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. I mean, to me, it was like a lot of... To me, when I read it, it seemed like applied behavior analysis. So it really kind of flowed with everything that I kind of do in my life anyway in general. But this idea of kind of work-life balance, you know, for people out there might be thinking like, um, yeah, it's May, Rose. I don't, I don't have that. Like, you know, is there anything you can share with us um, that you do in your own life that can like help us yeah. feel more balanced? I think, uh, well, a big piece is I really do strive to not, and this has been, this has been something I've worked towards, but to really not, you know, be focused on the things that are happening at work when I'm not there. I say that, but then I also had a time now that I can say I didn't have that physical boundary where I was working from home, you know? And so my, all my therapy materials were right by my desk when I would try to shift over and be working on journal stuff or, you know, even just sitting, sitting in my office, decompressing for a minute with a cup of tea or whatever it was. Like you see them, they're there, you think about it, whatever. But it is important to me. Like I, one thing I did early on, probably my second year of work was I took off my work email from my phone. That's something for me that really has helped me leaps and bounds because I'm not getting notifications. I'm not getting updates. You know, even last night, a friend of mine texted me and was like, did you see the email? I'm like, no, I didn't. I'll check in the morning. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I, sometimes you have to be, it's, it's, Basically, what I'm saying is you set boundaries with yourself or with other people. I've had, you know, colleagues of mine on a Saturday asking me about a question about an IEP. And I've had to say, you know, hey, I'm happy to look at that on Monday morning or whatever it is. You know, I'm not not shutting them down, but just right. I'm building that boundary because I choose not to work on Saturdays and Sundays, not as a speech pathologist, you know, right. I'm doing other things. Yes. That's so huge though. Like setting boundaries. Like I, I just mm -hmm. love that so much because I mean, I do that a lot because I work, you know, I have ABA speech and I have my, you know, I work in a school three days a week and, you know, I really, I do my schoolwork on the days that I'm in school and, you know, I have to leave at three to get my kids off the bus. And I have these, my contracted hours are a little bit different. And, you know, every once in a while I feel a tinge of being feeling guilty for that, those types of things that are completely fine. But I don't know why we do that to ourselves, but I've been in those situations too, where it'll be a Friday. That's my ABA speech day. And someone will text me and say, Hey, did you do that progress report? Did you read that email? And I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I'll get to that yeah. Tuesday. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's, it is, it's kind of like when I'm there, I'm totally there. I'm all right. in, but when I'm not there, I really need that time to be away so that when I am there, I'm feeling energized and ready. Exactly. You're present yeah. with it. That's, that's right. the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, the boundaries are a big piece of it for sure. 
Yeah, no, I love that. So what is, I mean, you said there's some research, but I'd be curious because it seems like this is like a, a big part of your life, your life. You know, what are some of the the research or kind of like, you know, why should we start doing these things, right? It's like for some people, they may be listening and, and thinking like, you know, I am so stressed out. Like, what can I do to feel better? But these are essentially a new habit and, and something that you do have to put some brain power behind. And anytime sure. we create a new habit, you know, it's hard to keep it. So, so, you know, why, why should people listening um, be thinking about maybe incorporating some of these strategies into their lives? Um, Well, the first one, like I mentioned that gratitude journaling is, is really helpful because from what I've studied and learned um, and, and what kind of actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, it sounds so obvious, but it's um, when we are practicing. So studies have shown when you're expressing what you're grateful for in a journal format, maybe you're saying it out loud or whatever um, you are increasing the serotonin levels in your brain because like when they're increasing, the cortisol levels are decreasing. So when you are practicing gratitude, essentially it, you are, um, reducing your stress levels because cortisol is, you know, the stress hormone, as they might say, serotonin is the happy hormone as I've heard it be called. And so the more you do it, you know, the more you're bringing yourself into that present moment. And it can be such a helpful, healthy way to, you know, one thing that I always share because I've in the past been the type to see an email that has, you know, an announcement that I'm not happy about or a change that's coming or a document I didn't file right or whatever. And it gets frustrating. And, um, you know, instead of responding to that email in the heat of the moment, when maybe I'm feeling a little bit tense or anxious, cause that's only going to make me feel more tense or anxious. I will, you know, get up, go outside and take a walk and kind of tell myself things that I'm grateful for in the day. Because when I'm doing that, when I'm kind of reliving those good moments that I'm grateful for, my brain is actually really reliving them, you know, and, um, those, the dopamine and the serotonin and all of that is just elevating, which is kind of helping to bring the stress down and give me that quick mindset, that quick reset, um, quick mindset shift. I'm sorry. And a good, you know, reset and maybe, you know, re-energize or whatever. Um, so that is definitely something that I have found so interesting, even just with, um, journaling, I have, you know, been looking into a lot more of like how it reduces stress. Like why does it reduce stress? And a lot of what I'm reading is just the fact that you're giving your emotions, your feelings, everything a place, and you're allowing your brain to kind of organize them. Even if it seems like, you know, I look at some of the things I journal and I'm like, I'm all over the place, but you're giving, I'm giving them a home. Um, and it does feel good after, you know, it feels good to just get it out in some way, shape or form. And, you know, you don't have anybody giving their advice that you didn't ask for back. You don't have any, you know, you don't feel judged. Like there's a lot that you're kind of mitigating just by taking ownership of whatever it is that's making you feel that tension or that anxiety. And so, you know, even if, and to, cause you, you've brought it up, but I love atomic habits. And I talk about, I talk about it all the time. Cause I'm just like, I even, I love how in that book, he says, you know, if you're trying to build a habit, you don't have to like carve out an hour, 45 minutes, or even 30 minutes a day. You can mm-hmm. start and just do it for two minutes, do it for three minutes. Like when I was starting to incorporate yoga every night, I just started for five minutes. Like mm-hmm. who does five minutes of yoga? Is that really doing anything? But it built that habit for me. And now I look forward to it every night. And now it's almost like I probably can't sleep because I'm trained to <laughs> do right. yoga first. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, you know, they're, I feel like 
you're, when you're making that time, you're not making it for anybody but you. And you're the most important person anyways, like to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. your health should be the priority. And so that's, that's really why I find it so important and find making Mm -hmm. this kind of time, you know, very important. So that way you can feel confident setting those boundaries. You can build the self-awareness where you need to and create that work-life balance that works for you. So it all kind of ties together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And just, you know, I work with older students, so I love the idea of gratitude and we've definitely tied it in like not so much this year, maybe I've been stressed, but I have tied it into the past, you know, with my students who that would be applicable for as far as, you know, that, which actually is a good idea just because I know a lot of kids are, are so stressed out due to the pandemic. And, you know, if there's another variant and, you know, like it's just always going to be something. So I think these are really good uh, life skills. And I love that. And I was, okay, yoga. So I just had some people on, let me think it might air after your episode, but I have always myself incorporated yoga into my sessions with my students, but, you know, just standing poses and, you know, things like that. And I used to always joke that I was going to be an aerobics instructor. I used to really think that when I was like your age, but then, you know, I got too busy. Um, but I had some people on from talk yoga and they, uh, have incorporated speech therapy and yoga and they have their own, um, they have their own company that focuses on that. It's really interesting because I, I I like yoga. I'm not like I don't go to classes even, but I used to do oh yeah ten minutes of yoga in the morning. I used to do that. Yeah, I mean yeah. it, it kind of sets a tone for your day. I don't do it now, but I I used to. It does. Yeah, I have I have the Down Dog app. I, apparently, I found this out a couple months ago. Is free for all educators. So oh, wow, that could be something. <laughs> yeah. But, that you can, you can just put however long you want to practice. You could put like one minute and they'll give mm-hmm. you like stretches within a minute. It's kind of cool. Oh. And like the kind of yoga you want to do. So if you want like more relaxation or whatever. So I've been really enjoying that because I can set it to what I need. Yeah. Are there other apps that you like? That brings up a good question. Are there any other apps that you like for any of the things that we've kind of talked about today? There's one called I am. It's that like I am app, it's an affirmation app. So every day you get a notification with a daily affirmation, which I think is so cool. I've, I'm huge on affirmations. Actually, my latest journal that I put out and it has a weekly uh, affirmation, like a self-love kind of affirmation because they are, they are so powerful just in, you know, if you take a moment every day, maybe that's your mindfulness practice for the day. If you, if you have to, you know, reorganize and figure out a a kind of a better way of doing things that day to fit your your timeframes, a daily affirmation, you know, moment with yourself is fantastic. So that's a really good app. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. So no, with the affirmation, I was just going to ask, so, cause we didn't talk about that directly. So is an affirmation something that you would say out, does it have to be said out loud or is it something that you just read or is there a specific thing to do there? The way I think about an affirmation, it's like a, it's a statement to yourself about yourself. So like, if I were to say, um, you know, Rose, you are, you are great. You are smart. You are kind. I'm, I'm giving, I'm being a supportive friend, (laughs) right? Thank (laughs) you. you. Thank you. But for you to turn around and say that about yourself, you know, and really believe it about yourself. And even if you don't, you know, you're not, you know, believing that about yourself to really say it every day and, and build that consistency and really speak those words to into yourself is really what that affirmation is. So like for me, I don't always say them out loud to myself, but I'll write them down in my journal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just have that be a moment with me for me about me, just kind of reinforcing the things. Maybe it's, maybe I have an insecurity about something. So I change it, you know, I twist right. the language. 
it's, they are really powerful when you do that and kind of put that positive spin on it. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, sometimes I do some of that to myself, you know, like I think sometimes having an online business, you can definitely get imposter syndrome. You know, sometimes when you're first starting out, you're getting all these speaking gigs and podcasts and you're doing all these things. And, you know, it's just like the best thing ever because you've never done this and nobody knows you. And then after everybody knows who you are, you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, am I really speaking for a thousand people today? Oh my gosh, did a hundred people sign up for this? You know, and then you start to think, like, why am I, do I know all these things? Or so I think that, like, from a business standpoint, too, um, affirmations are just can be so helpful because I think sometimes we kind of tell ourselves negative thoughts. And that's the thing, too. I liked your idea about setting boundaries because I think, and I work in a very positive workplace, but I mean, I know we've all worked with people who are not so positive. And so I think, like, just the idea that you set those boundaries, the idea that you are a hard worker, but you're going to do the things during this set of time. You don't have your email you know, on your, your phone and just some of those things. I think once you do set those boundaries, people know like, oh, well, we're not going to contact her about that now because right. she'll be here in the morning, you know, yep. on a work day and we'll ask her then, you know, because I have worked with people who were like talking about IEPs till 10 p.m. And I'm like, I mean, I have a really enriched life outside of work. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I am not going to do that because I I don't think it's healthy. And I I just don't think it's what's best, you know, to to get burnt out like that. So I I love everything that you've said today. I knew this was going to be a a helpful (laughs) chat, especially this time of year. So if you've been thinking about doing some of these things, you know, just pick one and, and work it in. I I, I love it. There are little things that can make such a, such a big difference. Um, So where can people find out more about you and your work? So definitely Instagram. That's probably the place I'm the most active. Well, I would say I'm getting getting over there on TikTok a lot more now, but... um (laughs) <laughs> Both are at Thanks Morris. And then my website is thanksmorris.com. So it's all it's all the same. Make awesome. it easy on everybody. There you go. Well, thanks so much. It was it was so nice having you on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.